0: everybody. Welcome to Outspoken. This is episode 52. I'm your host, Justin White, and my guest today is a very special guest indeed. Um, I mean, all my guests are special. Don't get me wrong. No offense, past guests and future guests, but this is a special guest. It's my mom, Terry Tate. Um, I'm super excited to have her on the program um in fact so excited that i decided to make it a two-parter because we talked for a long time and i didn't want to cut much and she's awesome she deserves two parts so there you go not to say that my other guests don't deserve two parts no offense past and future guests um but you know it's my mom give me a break jeez, louise so anyway my mother is um Super special person, and uh, even if she weren't my mother, I think I'd still be saying that. But uh, before I, before we get down to it, I'm going to um, talk about the music a little bit. So, um, generally speaking, I make all the music for all the episodes of Outspoken, um, all the interludes and all the themes. I've had a few friends supply a few of their music, pieces of music for interludes, Um and it's almost always instrumental music. So this time I decided for my mom, I'll sing a little bit. Uh, so I just picked a an older song that is very short and has singing on it. So there. Um, I love you, mom. That's for you. And uh, what else? Well, let's talk about my mom. She's uh, She's been one of the biggest and most significant influences on my life. Uh, obviously she bore me, so, you know, that counts for a lot. And then she also raised me quite well, I think. She was really kind and loving and supportive and gave lots of guidance and insight and input. And, um, she's just all around a pretty remarkable person. And, um, I think you'll agree once you hear a bit from her. And at the end, I'll give Link's to find her and all of her awesomeness. Um, So before we talk, I thought maybe I'd treat you to um, a troupe of badass teenage girls, one of which is my daughter, rocking on some drums that have been around for thousands of years, Uh, they're called taiko drums. I think they started in China and then went to Japan, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe Korea had something to do with it. Anyway. They're old, old drums, and they sound amazing. The performances routinely move me to tears. I'm not even exaggerating. I get super amped up and emotional, and it's awesome. So uh, let's hear just a little bit of that in a subpar recording, and then we'll talk to my lovely mom.
1: excited okay good and very honored
0: I'm and honored very to,
1: flattered
0: likewise uh-huh. i'm so happy to have you here it's or so be, to be here in yeah your, in your space
1: i know it's so nice it's so fun uh-huh. who knew
0: <laughs> who well, knew not me uh-huh and lucy's here
1: yeah my little kitty lucy my girl the, um, she doesn't know what's happening
0: no but she'll try to figure it out
1: uh-huh and she may have comments.
0: Uh, probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's quite opinionated <laughs> on a number of matters.
0: Like, <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> what do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, wow, I don't know. Did I ever tell you that um, that I surprised your dad with your conception? Did I ever tell you that story?
0: I don't know if you did I've forgotten amazingly. But.
1: And yeah and I think that um, that he has a better memory than I do so he may be able to tell you and also has a different point of view.
0: Yeah I was going to say his filters may may change the memory right. more than the actual facts.
1: But when we got together uh, and which was in my the beginning of my oh god my memory it's just, uh, it's pathetic. It's okay.
0: You don't need so the So we action. met
1: in the beginning of my sophomore year. Okay. And um, I started talking about baby names on our first date, <laughs> which might have frightened him just a little a bit. Just a bit. But he stuck around. Yeah. And, um, you were
0: talking about it, like these are like I'm going to have children, well, and these are the names I'm thinking, yeah,
1: of, I mean, I like the idea of of white as a last name because it gave me a lot of latitude. uh-huh, and, you knew that
0: even that, like you were thinking that, oh, uh, yeah, on that date,
1: right, yeah, no, we talked about it. I brought it up
0: on the first, date. uh-huh, but so you were already thinking of him as husband material, like immediately,
1: he was tall and said that he loved me you know very soon so those are the what only was two like. okay and my parents liked him wow and he was a nice guy but wait you're and,
0: saying on the first date you were thinking this stuff so did he He didn't tell you he loved you no that's true prior he to that, no right? but uh, but he was tall he, he was, was tall, that, tall. that i knew okay
1: and um
0: all right so so you're sitting at what a meal and talking no about... we're
1: sitting on the patio of that apartment that he shared with the three other architecture students oh, right. on uh Packard. Uh-huh. And you pointed
0: it out to me, behind the Indian place. Or uh, what it? Above the
1: I, it's in an apartment building down between, on Packard, not okay. too far from state. I think I knew. And they had it was a two bedroom apartment and they had one room was full of their four architecture desks, uh-huh. and the other room was full of four beds.
0: That's so bizarre. It and was like very it was like military style, like right. the, the bunk, and, and the...
1: everybody had girlfriends. What? Yeah. Did they stay over? Uh-huh. How, did, how did they work? How did yeah. they? Yeah. No, they it was. In a it room? was cozy. That's, yeah. That's. But since I of course was the only good girl in the bunch, yeah, um, having you know being certain. That if I didn't wait until marriage, my mother would know. Mm-hmm. And people used she to just tell me know. that was silly. Yeah. But to this day, I believe yeah. that just it's just intuitively. Yeah. Yes. She yes. It's probably, it, it's probably true. Totally true. I have no. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Well, and I'm such a horrible liar.
0: Yeah, you would have shown yeah, some kind of... Yeah, the
1: second I got back in front of her, I, if I didn't call her. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so back to the first date. And um, yeah, I I seem to recall that, as I say, he may remember it differently. Yeah. But suffice it to say that I was eager to have children. Yeah. And, you know, we got married the beginning of my junior no. Is That right? Yeah, junior year. Um that uh, like over Labor Day literally we had you know, I had mm-hmm. school on Thursday and Friday and then we had a long weekend and I got married and I went back to school on Tuesday. Amazing. and you were
0: nineteen or
1: twenty? Twenty. Okay. And um
0: and he was twenty three? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um and uh yeah, you know, I remember a conversation we had like the week before we got married, sitting on the grass in by Lake Saint Clair mm-hmm. um down the street from my parents' house about how I wanted to have kids. Okay. Right away. And he said, Well, let's finish college and travel and um and then we'll have kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. So um so we were using a sort of russian roulette method of contraception after we got married okay and um that involved X's on the calendar okay and um you know like catholic contraception and this was for eric and um and so he thought that it, we were at one X and I knew full well that we were at another, okay. but didn't say anything. And lo and behold, I got pregnant in, the, you know, such that I was eight months pregnant when I graduated college. Wow. And took the state boards on Tuesday and Wednesday and went into labor on Friday. <laughs> and Eric was born the following Monday. Amazing. So, and I had, I was going to go to the state boards in a Volkswagen with a few of my friends. Uh-huh. And my mother pointed out that, you know, this was a two-day test. And if you didn't pass it, you couldn't practice nursing. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, if you go into labor, these girls are not going to want to leave and drive you back to Ann Arbor. Right. So she ended up going with me. Wow. Which was a good thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Hmm. And it was, it really, I appreciated it because, you know, they treated you like you were applying for reform school rather than trying to get a nursing license. How so? Well, they it was a big, like, gymnatorium kind of place <laughs> okay. that I recall not having windows. It certainly didn't have enough windows. Yes. Yeah,
0: maybe they're up high.
1: Yeah, and they mm. lined you up, you know, like you were applying to the Detroit House of Correction, and um, you couldn't bring gum or mints or anything like that in because clearly you would have written the answers on the gum wrapper. Oh yeah, and um, and they lined you all up and marched you in, and I got about you know, 10 feet into the room. And I said, you know, there's not enough air in this room for this baby and me and all these other people. Mm. And um, so they said, oh, well, you can't leave. And you know, you couldn't leave without some sort of guard. Okay. So I said, well, you either find somebody or I'm passing out. Okay. And so I went to the bathroom and uh, under, you know, the watchful eye of the, uh, of the cadet. And um, why was came it back. So,
0: what? I don't understand why it was like that.
1: I have no idea. That's so weird. There was no way that you could cheat on that thing.
0: Oh, that's what it was about. That's yeah, all oh, yeah. the security and all that yeah. stuff. It was just about. Okay.
1: Yeah, they didn't want you cheating because of all those, you know. Seems a bit extreme. You think? Yeah. I mean, if you didn't know the stuff, and there was no way to know what the questions were. Right.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a test you could fake it on.
1: Not to mention the fact that these are nursing students, for right. God's sake. who are the biggest do-gooders in the world. Right.
0: Yeah, they're not trying to get around yeah. the rules. Just, no. Yeah, that's and weird.
1: Not in 1968.
0: Right. Um, okay, so anyway.
1: Anyway, so I I took those, came home, had Eric, and then I decided, you know, when he was getting up in years, like two or three. <laughs> um, up, up in years, sure. Uh-huh. We, you know, I knew your dad wanted to have two kids, but yeah. I always said I didn't want to have another kid until I was as excited about that prospect as I was about the first one. Hmm. And so, you know, and I like drama, so uh, I didn't yes, want to, you like, do. just say, you know, okay, time to have another kid. So I decided that I would dispose of whatever birth control we were using unbeknownst to him and then surprise him um and so i did and um i think we were on a camping trip when i told him i don't remember where
0: that's appropriate
1: yeah yeah but maybe that's why you like camping maybe so, so much yeah
0: um how did he take it
1: he was thrilled. He was. Yeah. So Because he, oh, yeah. he wanted a second. He kid. wanted another. He'd been talking about it for a while, and I'd been. So, is that saying, why you
0: felt comfortable yeah, deceiving him that, right. in that way? Yeah. Okay. Because it would have been a pretty shitty trick. If, if he had. If he really didn't want a yeah, second. Yeah, it would or, or if you true. hadn't disca- decided yet that you would.
1: Yeah, no. He was always. Okay, well, that's good. Now kind of, again... can. You can fact check any of these memories with him and and I will just say sight unseen that I'll trust what he remembers better than what I do. Well
0: your memory's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, except when it comes to where are my keys yeah. and matters such as that. I don't
0: know Trying to find out, I stepped out of myself, not going back, never going back. Try to find my own way. I get lost, always getting lost. I don't know what it's all about. Don't wanna know Not trying to find out
1: So, yes, Owls and piranhas. From, you come from a long line of owl lovers. Yeah. yeah the, Predators. The piranhas were strictly my mother. That was. Yeah, uh, let's
0: talk about that. Where Where did that. Because um, she had two of them total, because one of them was. met its demise at a, a party. A party
1: that Bill had, yeah. yeah, for which she never forgave him. Right. Um,
0: Just somebody dumped a beer in the. The aquarium in or the
1: aquarium yeah. That was a party that Bill had when mm. they were gone. And my mother's friend, the cop, came in and said, you know, I'm giving you 15 minutes to clear this place or I'm telling your mother. Uh-huh. And so they cleared it, but my mother pulled it. My parents pulled into the garage, and my mother instantly knew that there had been a party because the, the garbage was so neat. uh uh huh. So, which which reinforces my belief that she would have known if yeah. I, that I wasn't a virgin.
0: She's eagle-eyed and she intuitive. She
1: was very yes. Yeah, you did not pull anything over on no. her. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother, you know, and then when she found out that he had killed uh, Basti, Basti, short for right. bastard, um, <laughs> her persona, she she was just ready to really kill him. Yeah. And I think that Basti, it may have been that Craig owned the piranhas, my brother who died.
0: That's what I was thinking, that somehow it was tied to Craig. Was,
1: that, was, that was why she was so mad. Okay. Because it was. Because it somehow related to Craig. I see. And I don't know if Craig had the piranhas when he died, and she took him over hmm. or took it over.
0: I don't remember because I—I mean, they still had one, pretty long into the, well, and then they <laughs> didn't she have it uh, stuffed.
1: Yeah, I think she did have no, cause it. No, because that was sitting on their
0: bookshelf for uh-huh. as long as I, you know, every time we went to visit.
1: I don't know that that was actually Basti, or maybe that was some just rep a representative. Yeah, it was I, it's big. hard it for me problem. to imagine her, but it may have been like an honorary. Yeah, stuffing thing, but uh, yes. yeah. So, yeah, she came home, and when... And, oh, I think that when they got home, Basti was not yet deceased, Oh, but, um, but in clearly in need of care, uh-huh. and she sat up with him all night. That's
0: right. And, Tried to nurse him um,
1: back and you know, used her formidable nursing and medical skills mm-hmm. to uh, attempt to resuscitate him. And then when she didn't, then she went up and stormed my brother's bedroom, and like
0: the moment that Basti well, breathed this Basie last, bubbly over. breath.
1: Yeah, then she uh, wow. was ready You're to throttle. Into
0: what happened? What was the punishment?
1: Um, I don't recall that, but I know that it was. You know, I know she said. Well, when you and I went and recorded nanny and gramps mm-hmm. telling those stories because yeah. we tried, wanted to hit their life stories down before yeah. they died she said then that she'd never forgiven him
0: that's 35 years that later she
1: would take it to her grave
0: Jesus amazing Well, it's
1: a wonder that I'm not crazier than I am
0: yeah that's you should you should uh, give yourself some credit, a lot of I credit. I was gonna
1: apologize in front of all the world for not being a better mother, but now that I think about it,
0: you did a pretty damn good job.
1: Yeah, I I did, well the results are are you can't argue with the results, so I'm happy about that. Well, that's nice. Yeah,
0: we're a little bit crazy too, though, you know.
1: But in a in a good way. Yeah, mostly. mostly I think mean, everybody's good. crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? How could you be a human and on this planet and not be crazy? Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy world. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do regret not having sown my wild oats before I had children. That would be the one thing I would change. Why? Well, because I think it wasn't easy on you that I did my adolescence after I was married and had you guys. Yeah.
0: In what, what ways are you aware of that not being easy for us?
1: Well, I mean, the fact that we got divorced mm-hmm. um, and that I, you know, had my wild and crazy period between your dad and Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know what, how much impact that had on you. I mean, I certainly, it certainly wasn't that I wasn't attentive or crazy about you both and no, you're primarily like, a mother right. regardless, yeah. But
0: now, your love for us was always clear. It yeah. It was, no, was never in doubt, ever, for a second. And, Although uh,
1: I, did, I did leave you with some kind of sitter when you were little to go off to hang lighting school with a particular bow. Uh-huh. Um, this was after we were divorced. And I've always felt really guilty about that because you didn't like the sitter.
0: I I vaguely remember that. I don't remember who the sitter was, but I remember it being, they were mean. Yeah.
1: No, I remember that. That's one of my worst memories.
0: Well, don't hold on to it anymore. I forgive you.
1: Okay, (laughs) good. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, the rest of my life will be so much better. (laughs) Good.
0: Well, anything else? Let's get it all out. Because I I don't want you to hold on to anything.
1: Well, just that whole, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, Upshot of that was, you know, the, the, this was the upshot of the the necessity of remaining a virgin until, you know, till I was married. But at a time when it certainly, you know, the mores were not the way they are today, but it was not done. I was the only person I knew who was a virgin mm. when she got married. Wow, you know, that was not a popular yeah. thing. And then. By the time you got, came along, it was Ann Arbor in the 70s. Right. And, you know, as I as I said in the book, you know, the open marriage craze that hit Unitarians in Ann Arbor especially hard. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I mean, your dad and I actually went to some young married thing that was, you know, sort of on the up and up. Some what? what, Like a swingers' A Unitarian, well, it wasn't intended to be, but it was a Unitarian retreat for young married couples.
0: But was it with a leaning toward open marriages or something? I don't
1: think it was right then. It
0: was was the Unitarian Church was was sponsoring it. Right, where
1: we dragged you in the hope of taking you Giving you some religion, but yeah, you, that went well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, you didn't like it even at like two or three or whatever you were.
0: Yeah, I've talked about that. I, yeah. I mean, I actually have memories of that time and being just like, nope, this is not happening. No, you did. I cannot let this into my.
1: It was really world. crazy that we listened to you too. It was like, you know, well, Justin says he doesn't want to go, so okay, well, I guess we <laughs> won't.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. At least that that got through. But yeah. you
1: liked the donuts. I always loved donuts. The yeah. paint Duncan Donuts ones that they had at their coffee hour. That was the only part you liked about it.
0: Yeah, but I'd still rather go to Washington Dairy or go right. to the Cider Mill. Yeah. Baked, you know, right, right. Take those any day over yeah. a church donut. Uh huh. Even if they had those donuts at church, I'd, you know. Yeah, right.
1: Right. So.
0: Yeah, I just didn't like the oppressiveness of it, and I felt it. Even then, even in a somewhat liberal church in that a liberal a, town.
1: A know? Unitarian church in Ann Arbor in the seventies was about as liberal as you were in it still did. felt like Religion it was wise. Yeah.
0: I still felt like somebody was pushing down on my head.
1: That, and you know it wasn't like you were in the ch- service either. You were in like some kind of childcare thing, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember liking any of the, what was going on there. But it
1: wasn't like you were needing having to learn the books of the Bible like I did when was I was a kid. There was some. Ahead.
0: There was some of that infused in the. It was sort of like arts and crafts, but it was about like we're going to build Noah's Ark, and then they talk about. No,
1: it. I don't think they do. They even did Jesus. There was I one was day nature. that I went to
0: like a sun. I think it was Sunday school. Maybe it only happened once because I was so averse to it. So wow. immediately, yeah. I All think. Right. I think it's just because I don't. I knew intuitively, like this is not the truth of of spirituality. This is like not, you know, religion is not the answer for me.
1: And it, but you were always so spiritual. Yeah, I get yeah. spirituality. Yeah,
0: it runs through. Like I, I understand it, but religion I don't understand. It doesn't fit. Right. I don't want a wrathful God. You know.
1: Well, maybe you were secretly trying to get this out of the. Unitarian Church to keep us together, but it was yeah. well. I don't that, think was that was where it started.
0: I don't think that was ever a big motivation of mine. At to keep the you young together.
1: marriage retreat, okay, that's and what it I, says. I don't. It, it, wasn't. It nothing happened there, as I recall. But then there was this group that was sort of born out of it. Of like, and you know, loose, it was agreed that you know, open marriage was, you know, was a whole cool thing.
0: So did you two try it?
1: Yeah. And yeah, then, and I was all for it, of course, having never, you know, done anything before. Mm-hmm. I tried it a little more than your father did, uh-huh. so, as I recall. Could put it, yeah. Uh-huh. Kept on trying uh-huh. it after I he did. stopped trying yes, it. Yes, yeah. well, if at first. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: did that, do you think that led to your desire to leave the marriage, or do you think that was inevitable?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think the idea that I would be with one man for the rest of my life was at, you know, 27, and, you know, I remember we were sitting on the porch on Park Place having a beer and watching you guys play, and, you know, your dad said, you know, this is all I ever really want to do is, you know, sit here and watch the kids and have a beer. Hmm. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute.
0: Really? In that moment? You felt like, yeah. That's not enough for you.
1: It was like, you know, yikes, we're going to, if I don't do something, we're going to end up with our wheelchairs parked next to each other at the (laughs) nursing home, and I will not have, you know, done a lot of things I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. So you knew then that you had much more of an adventurous spirit. Well, I to...
1: didn't, because I was, you know, I mean, your dad was really, he was way more adventurous than I was when we met. Hmm. And he taught me so much. You know, I mean, our, our first blind date, he was late because he had been in an anti-war protest march and gotten the AIDS thrown on him and had to go home and change.
0: Wow. I didn't know that.
1: And um, and I barely knew that there was a war going on. Hmm. I mean, I grew up in Grosse Point. I didn't know it was a two-party system. Hmm. I thought everybody was white and Republican. Right. You know, I mean, except for the people I saw at the bus huts at the end of the day. And even as a kid, I knew that was wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't like Grosse Point. From the get go,
0: yeah. How did, I mean, that's always bothered me from the first time we went. When you know that the demarcation between Detroit and Gross Point is, yeah. is one of the most disturbing, you know, bizarre lines, yeah. like, invisible lines I've ever experienced. It's
1: unbelievable.
0: It's like a you know boarded up gas station, crack house, whatever, and then a mansion, like literally across the street.
1: Seriously, it's like there's some the kind of invisible. And nobody crosses. Shield.
0: Yeah. No white people on this side, no black people on this side. I
1: know, it was crazy.
0: That's so fucked up. And it was like that in the 80s when I, like my first, ex- well, yeah. 70s was probably the first time I really saw that, late 70s. But um, what was it like? It was like that even when you were a kid. Was yeah, that I, we just
1: didn't go out.
0: You just never went past that, like Henry Ford's mansion. <laughs> you just never walked past like that side of this.
1: Yeah, well, that was the other end, but we didn't, You've yeah. never
0: left that, that whole world.
1: Not very much. I mean, I was in the Hornells Piano Festival with Ruthie, Ruthie Chillens for several years, uh-huh. and we have to take the bus down Lakeshore to get to Hornells to practice on Saturdays. Right. And that, which I can't sort of believe my parents let me do when I was that little. But anyway, we did it. Um, and so that, I went to Detroit for that. And my mother probably took me to Hudson's once until I learned out that learned that I was terrified of santa <laughs> and um, hear about at that. christmas and uh so that was the only time that you know that I went to detroit
0: wow and were you aware of it as a like this big center of industry and and uh, well, li- I mean, li- li- I knew it, my or... dad
1: worked in the automotive industry and there were car factories there and yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I went to Marie. Afford took me to the Fox Theater to see Liberace.
0: That's cool. Yeah. At what age?
1: Um, I was little. I I don't know. Were you a ten? fan already? Oh yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Needless to say. <laughs> That's amazing. And and I ten was ten year just, old Liberace uh-huh. fan. I oh, I mean, I've been lot. younger than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I I remembered just recently. Eric sent me something about Joan Baez, and I remember that other than the Liberace trip, she was my first concert. Oh, cool. Barbara Flinneman and I went to see her at Ford Auditorium. That's cool. And I, I still have a visceral memory of how shocked I was when she walked onto the, the stage barefoot.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. It just seemed so... It was
1: like, wow, Just what, so is wild, wild and pretty. And, yeah.
0: yeah. Huh. So was that... Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't. Since I've, you know, I knew you in your phase, in your what you called your adolescence, your whatever, your delayed delayed, adolescence, yeah. yeah. Um. So and I don't, you know, I never saw you as being super out of control, wild. Uh huh. No,
1: I was. I had limits. Yeah,
0: I mean, a lot of your friends were were kooks, and it was. I always had a great time hanging out. When you had people over. Oh, yeah. But it was inappropriate. I mean, there were definitely things that were happening in front of us that shouldn't have been, you know, or our voice, it was beyond our full understanding, but still had, still impacted Well, like, our,
1: what, like, the chance, jam- like smoking dope or something? Although I didn't do that in front of you.
0: No, well, I mean, there's a lot of drinking, and, and the we, I don't think I was. At that age, I don't think I knew what weed smoking was. I yeah. just knew how you were behaving differently, how everybody was right escalating and getting... And it wasn't just... Well,
1: I wasn't smoking a lot of dope. I no, was, no. I never was...
0: No, I'm talking more about the... Um... Just the scene and the and like the couples who were kind of loose with each other and flirty and you know yeah. it was it was a but sort it wasn't
1: of, like orgies in front of you I don't no I'm not trying to give that impression out. yeah no. well let clarify
0: okay well I'm I guess I'm calling back to it because you made reference right. to something about you you knew yeah. yourself that you were going through some you, right. you you hadn't sown your wild oats and you needed to cut loose a little bit and you limited it. To the extent that you could knowing that you had kids right but also it was the 70s and people were right you know, doing what they were doing yeah so, and i don't fault you for any of that i mean i don't there, there's stuff yeah i mean there, i think it's really super hard to to know the boundaries when you're a parent and no matter what kind of training you've had and if you've had bad training or no training then you're making it up as you go along right and that's kind of what everybody was doing up until fairly recently. Yeah. There was no real discussion of, right. of how to do it or no. You know, no books about it. So,
1: And you just wanted mm-hmm. to be not your parents for right. the most part. Right, right.
0: And then you end up falling into yeah, all those parents right. anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but, but I was
1: definitely going to do that. Yeah. You know, being, and uh, Jerry once said that he thought that my divorcing your dad had more to do with my mother than it did with your dad. Hmm. Because I, you know, I'd gotten married to please my mother. I had kids to please my mother. You know, I mean, I'm so terminally codependent, it's disgusting. (laughs) I mean, my whole life was based on making her happy.
0: But you didn't, I mean, you wanted kids yourself. I wanted
1: kids myself, but...
0: But otherwise it was... But I, if I knew
1: myself, you know, even a tiny bit like I do now... I would have known that I too would have loved to have traveled, yeah, and worked and done some interesting things before we had kids.
0: Right. Well, I think everybody should have that chance if they're able. You know, like it seems insane to me to go from being kids to being parents. And there was nothing. Which is what happens if you're you know, eighteen, There was no 20. reason
1: that we couldn't.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, except just the convention. Like the the that was the
1: that's what well. In my in my certainty is that you know. Me being married and making her a grandmother would make my mother happy.
0: Okay. So that was a big part of your totally drive to do it. And, yeah. Well uh, I wonder how much of that I mean, those sacrifices have been made probably again and again since the beginning of time, but it seems like it's it's stopping. It seems like Generation X was like, nah
1: Yeah. I don't want to yeah. do that.
0: And and now I mean maybe it's gone too far too to the other extreme too quickly. Because there are people who don't want to do anything and don't think they need to, or right? Should. Or
1: don't care about how it impacts other people,
0: right? There's a whole lot of entitlement that arrived in the last few generations. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think that that. I mean, I, I I didn't really know until. Well, I knew pretty early on that you were unconventional. I wasn't. I didn't look at you and think, "Wow, she's like every other mom," you know. Really? I, not at all. I mean, you were doing different stuff always you're always seeking always you know doing something different and usually ahead of the curve like you were trying things that nobody else had talked about yet and uh you know being a hypnotist and doing you know like just and just the way that you led your life it seemed like you were you were curious and you were you know seeking the the extent of of what was out there in all these different realms and that was totally apparent at the time and I super amazing model for life you know so yeah
1: that was i was so touched when you told me recently that you chose to be self-employed because you saw me do it it just and,
0: seemed like such a such a massive difference in the quality of life based on that i mean it's this thing that you spend almost all your time doing right right so you should like it yeah you like doing it. you should probably love it yeah you know? and uh i yeah I had very clear models of of what I thought were the right and wrong way to go And, and
1: uh, I don't even know what possessed me to go out into business for myself <laughs> you know I mean it was you know it was nuts I mean back to when I wanted to get married and have a kid i mean it was not only I realize now as I finally sort of come into my own more and more that There was a part of me that didn't want to hit graduation without someplace to go. I knew I didn't want to go home, Mm -hmm. but the idea of being out there on my own you know, first of all, I don't think I ever really wanted to be a nurse. Okay. You know, I did that to make my mother happy because she wanted to be a nurse and her parents couldn't afford it. I see. Um, so that would not have been a career choice I would have made. Yeah. I would have been a social worker or a psychologist. Okay. Thankfully, I could go into site nursing and do, you know, everything I Almost would have the, done with yeah, that right. and get paid better than a social worker. Um, but... So I, I now see that that it wasn't just to please my mother that I got married. It was that I was scared shitless uh-huh. of being on my own. And it wasn't just to please my mother that I got knocked up so that I was pregnant. You know, so I had a baby like the second after I graduated. <laughs> right. And then I didn't have to get a job right. or figure out any of that stuff on my own. Right. And I was such a scaredy cat. Mm. And a goody two-shoes. And, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm a six on the Enneagram, apparently, which is the fear-based type. Okay. So fear has always been a huge driver mm-hmm. in my life. So, so yeah, your dad of that too. was way worldlier mm-hmm. than I was. I mean, I didn't know there was a war going on Right. until he started talking about it. Right. And... Um, and she taught me a lot, and I went, I mean, as soon as she started talking to me, as soon as I knew what was going on politically, I became as liberal as she was uh-huh. instantly. You just needed to have that, the information. I just didn't have a paradigm right. in which what felt right to me worked. Huh, that's and cool. I think to this day, we're still completely aligned yeah. in that dimension.
0: Yeah, you are. Thank um, God you met him and not some like yeah you know, right, you know Ted Cruz. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> could have gone way
1: worse. Yeah, been really bad. Yeah.
0: Well, I owe you for that one. Thank well,
1: I—I I mean, I think I knew. I never felt at home in Rose Point.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you would. yeah anyone would.
1: You know, I mean, it—you know—it wasn't just that it was racist. Yeah. You know, Catholics were the minority group. Mm-hmm.
0: So, well, I, I just, I wanted to say that um, I'm glad that you didn't get all of that wildness out of your system before having us, because then you wouldn't have done a lot of the things you did with us, you know? Oh,
1: that's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, that road trip out west is yeah. still one of the best memories of it I will ever have. And, um, you know, just the fact of it, just the fact that a, that a young woman... You know, took her two sons, her young sons, across the country in a little Toyota for weeks. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. A month. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what was well? As I look back on it, and some of these things are so. I don't know if they're counterphobic or what. That I did things because I'm such a scary cat that I did things that were... So you overcorrected. Yeah, and did, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: like whitewater rafting. Right, like that. stuff like that. Yeah.
1: But there was a way in which, and I don't know whatever possessed me to do that. And um, I
0: think you just wanted to show us the, what was out there. Yeah. You just wanted to ex- have us experience the world, a right. different a different place. Yeah. Lots and of different places. I
1: mean, I never had, so I don't know why I thought that was such a good idea maybe for you. Be, maybe because you hadn't. Maybe you knew. Like, you know, my awesome. family took one trip to Florida while I was around. And, you know, I think we went to New York once and maybe... Traverse City a couple times and that was pretty much it
0: (laughs) yeah meanwhile your dad's flying all over the world right
1: right and uh but and your dad and I traveled we that was something else I got from your dad yeah we traveled really well together and we really loved it and you guys were great travelers even when you were little Mm -hmm. you know that trip we took to Colorado when you were like four and 11 months and he built that wooden thing so you had a flat surface to play on <laughs> in that old Valiant. I mean, no seat belts, no nothing. He just put a platform yeah. so that the seat hovered the little hole so you guys could play.
0: But it didn't cover the cinder block that was in there that, that I almost lost my eye on. What
1: was the no? That was the cinder block wasn't there. That was, that was later. was an older car. Yeah. That, that was later. Yeah, that wasn't on that trip. I wouldn't have put up with that. That was in a car I had nothing to do with. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, but we we took you to Colorado and back.
0: In the in a valiant.
1: In a valiant with a, a ledge <laughs> a platform that you played on. That's awesome. And could lay down and take naps on. I love it. You know, and you were great. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and yeah, that trip, um, I, I, you know, I, I had, and the, the other thing about that was that I had just quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I was going into business for myself, which was insane. Yeah,
0: in that time, at that, you know.
1: I had left this job <laughs> where I was making 30 grand, which was a lot of money then. Yeah. Five weeks vacation, Great health care, benefits, the whole nine yards, and I quit. Yeah. Michael was going into law school. Right. Michael, my second husband, for those who are keeping score. Right. My first stepdad. Although he was not my husband at that point, but we were living together. Um, so um, he was about to start law school. I, didn't, I still didn't even know how to drive that car all that well because it was the first stick I'd ever driven. Uh-huh. And I decided to take this month long trip. Amazing. And, you know, made reservations at Motel 6's, stopped and visited friends along the way, went to some baseball hall of fame in Kansas. And we went to the Grand Canyon, remember that? Mm-hmm. Set up a tent after dark and then woke up and found out we were like almost on the edge of it the, yeah.
0: yeah i did that again recently really I went, yeah i went to the north right well i guess i knew i guess i knew i didn't know just how close we were i knew we were pretty close uh-huh but yeah until the morning when you walk up and it's right
1: right there and then you and eric both got some ear infections or something and we were in a er in some little hit town in utah okay um
0: i remember there always been some kind of medical trauma I mean, yeah I got my car my hand closed in the right. door one right. time yeah on a different trip that
1: no that was that trip the same one yeah that was in minnesota oh well you did it back. once
0: but then mike did it another time when we were on it when the four of us were on a trip in oh. the same car really different finger different door same car
1: I don't remember that one. I remember when Gramps did it to Eric.
0: Yeah, cut through his fingernail. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so, no, you both had some kind of infection, and we went to some little half-baked ER. Yeah. And I, I do remember, and this was significant, calling my mother, and uh, either from the Grand Canyon or from there, and saying, you know, telling her that you guys were sick or, I don't know, just reporting in something. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I've really got to hand it to you. That would be, I, I would never have done that. Wow. And that was like the biggest acknowledgement I ever got. Yeah,
0: that must have felt great. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite courageous by m- it most was. people's standards. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: I still don't believe that I did it. Yeah, well. I mean I'm not sure I would do that today. I mean travel by myself.
0: Well you've done other crazy stuff recently. I mean maybe Have I? maybe not as crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. You've you you do not well, I don't know. I think it's I think that your your spirit has always been that of the the seeker. Yeah. And so you're never quite satisfied with what is. You, right. want, you want to see what's next. Yeah. And that, to me, is really cool that you're still, I think you're still feeling that way. You
1: know? to, to yes and no. I mean, I um, you it, know, the last year and a half since the book came out and I've had sort of this, you know, that was such a driver. Yeah. Because I, start, I started writing the book. I started writing. I always wanted to write a book. And when I gave speeches... Long ago, people said, oh, you're so funny, you should write a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always thought that it would be, you know, softcore porn. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that would be my genre. Okay. Um,
0: why, why? Why? that? I
1: don't know. Just, you know, I'm Daniel reminded. Daniel Steele, like you yeah, thought you when, could do that sort th- of. You know, to, and spirituality. Okay. It's like when I changed my name to Terry Tate. And Lamott said, oh, yeah, I like that Terry Tate. It's a cross between a, what was it, a face healer and a porn star. <laughs> and that was my idea for a book. I like it. And so I was committed to writing a book before. Yeah. And But then when I got the cancer, I knew that the cancer and the whole, that whole journey and the disfigurements and almost dying and having to decide about whether to have surgery or not and you know, coming to know myself in a different way, getting to know myself other than just the voice that I call the vile bitch upstairs. And um, so the writing, I mean, ever since the cancer, I had been driven by wanting to finish the book. Okay. And it was, you know, I mean, you guys were, were grown. You know, I was a, grandmother which is you know i've really enjoyed and put my heart and soul into but that was far from a a full-time job and so this book was really what i was it was clear that i needed to finish it yeah and um i didn't really ever think that i would get it published and that was a complete miracle but when it was and then it was such a wonderful experience with Sounds True and I designed that, you know, sort of road trip and um to Hawking. Yeah. yeah, where I, wherever I had a you know, a bookstore and a bed of and got to see old friends from high school and college and yeah. yeah. So it was great. Um but once that was sorta of done, it was like, Well, now what?
0: But that's a totally natural feeling to have yeah. after such a, especially a two decades long. Right, you know. and
1: then some, yeah. And so it was sort of, and I was, you know, I mean, when I turned 70, I went to Bali, mm-hmm. and that was the year the book came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was like, oh, wow, this is great. I'm not old. Right. I'm really, you know, this is, I'm living the dream here, because yeah. that. You know that book is my highest professional achievement, in my view.
0: Well, you've had quite a few, I think. In in my view, you've had many, but that, but I, yeah, getting a book published is no small feat. Yeah, and it's seventy. Yeah, uh, it?
1: thank you. Yeah.
0: Everyone should read it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm proud I'm of it. i only slightly biased. Yeah. But I, well,
0: I I like I really enjoyed reading it. You know, and and if you hadn't been my mom I think I still would love the story oh that's wonderful and, and the way it's thank written. you
1: yeah yeah well the um the, my editor it sounds true which was who is the head of the whole book division said it was the most done book that had ever hit her desk <laughs> you've done your, I your had, fair share of uh, editing yeah, over yeah. The years. yeah yeah and um and yeah, it's. Uh, I'm proud of it. You should be. Yeah, It's yeah, awesome. And I don't usually have that kind of perseverance. So um, just okay. So with now,
0: it. so now, you're. Are you? Do you feel like you're in this deflated state right now, or do you feel like you're coming back? Or I feel like I'm
1: coming out of it. Yeah. I but mean, there's got
0: to be something crystallizing in your brain as a future endeavor, because I've just never known you to sit idle and and not want some other experience
1: right well i you know i I got pneumonia in uh january of last year congratulations thank you and um and it and i had to cancel a trip to new york where i was going to see bet midler close hello dolly and see two other plays so i was annoyed as hell about that But uh thank God I'd already seen her whether for pneumonia or not. Right. Um but but it just didn't I just felt like shit for the longest time. Yeah. I mean I was I it, I still had it like in April. Right. And, you know, I was just down and out and I think that it was the whole you know, it was the whole kind of recovery And, you know, I had never been, you know, I think there was a lot of grieving about the losses of the cancer, the marriage, all that stuff that I had not fully, you know, the relationship that I had after the marriages um, that, that I had not fully done because I had to focus on the book. Mm-hmm. And that gave me purpose. So the pneumonia, I felt crappy. Then my iron was low, and then there was you know they were worried I had internal bleeding, and there was stuff with my mouth, and so that all last year, was physical stuff. Right. So that it was like oh shit, maybe I'm old after all, mm. and um, and I just I just really felt like I. Didn't want to do anything. Now Jan and I did get a grant to create this workshop on intuition, mm. um, which we did twice last year. Cool. So that was fun because you know it was. Even though she and I have had very different cancer stories and are very different people, we've both relied heavily on our intuition. To determine how to sort among the plethora of healing options right. that are available, and we wanted to provide that to other people.
0: That's awesome because it's such a like in that <clears throat> position. It seems like it's so hard to know what to rely on. You're getting all this different information from supposed experts, and you know, everyone. Based probably <laughs> everybody's got a different idea about how to do
1: it. And the and range of options
0: was, all over the map. was
1: huge yeah. 27 years ago.
0: Yeah, I remember shark cartilage and right, bo- bovine you remember, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember all the Jeff weird stuff. Jeff
1: did that, you know, was online finding, you know, he, he made that wife generator, generator yeah. and then he put my... Uh, Stick Feed your feet in this water and yeah. then hold on to the electrodes. Yeah.
0: I loved it personally. Yeah, I want one of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're still available. Yeah. Um, yeah. But
0: we, you did basically everything. You tried everything on the list.
1: Right, but, and it was yeah. overwhelming then, and all of those things have only proliferated since then.
0: Totally, and they're yeah, they're ten times more, and there are more opinions about each of them. And, and so that. the
1: people dealing with that now.
0: Yeah. are really... Yeah, you need your intuition. To yeah. You.
1: And the, everything about the way the healthcare system works is does not rely on your intuition. Right. It's set up to assume that other people know your body better than you do. Yeah. And that's simply not it's true. false, yeah. And so that's really what my book is about, was coming to know a part of myself that knew better. Okay. And not having those surgeries.
0: So how do you teach that? How do you how in this workshop, how do you teach intuition?
1: Well, we talk about the the physiology of intuition Mm -hmm. and how it actually has a physical basis Mm -hmm. and how there and, you know, I'm not Jan's a scientist. I'm just, uh, you know, i
0: Well, even with basic knowledge, you know, you might but, feel to do it. But th- there are
1: more brain cells in your gut than there are in your brain. Or, or it's, you know, that they find neurological cells in your gut, so you actually do sync with your gut.
0: Huh. <laughs> you I've never heard that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And don't quote me on the numbers, but the, the essence is true. Yeah. And. Um, and I'm all about essence.
0: I yeah. Think, I think I got my lack of, uh, you know, need for all the details. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: You, can't, I think that your dad doesn't have that. No, not but, at all. Yeah. Um, so we talk about that, and I taught some about synchronicity, mm-hmm. so people see the day-to-day sort of examples of relying on something other than, you know, the, what's Logic, provable. And, yeah. And, and then we just, and we tell stories.
0: Of things like that, of, like anecdotes. Of, of
1: serendipity, which has happened a lot between Jan and I.
0: Cool. So you have real life yeah. examples to share.
1: And, you know, and there's a lot of interactive stuff. And I do... Guided meditation slash hypnotherapy to relax people and get them more
0: during the the conference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Good. The workshop. Yeah,
1: it? that's awesome. And then we uh, talk about various methods of um, accessing your intuition, and we talk about what gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, obstacles to intuition, and then what we, are
0: what are some that you talk about?
1: The busyness. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the technology, the intolerance for not knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, that podcast that you had with the, the guy who said that whenever a question comes up, he doesn't Google the answer yeah. right away. He rest takes an wonder. hour to rest and wonder. Yeah. You know, the, the lack of that yeah. is, you know, people not only don't have a tolerance for not knowing, we don't have a tolerance for not knowing right this second. Yeah, it's and so the and intuition doesn't work like that.
0: Right, it's a it's much more fluid and and arises subtly when, when needed. When it's and not, quiet. Yeah,
1: and there isn't that hmm. much quiet.
0: Yeah, there's almost none
1: in most people's lives. Yeah, and so you have to create that in order to get to it.
0: So you think we're losing intuition as a society? You think we're losing that ability as a or as a species, rather?
1: I, I don't think that the world is set up to, you know... To
0: tap into it.
1: Yeah, although what's interesting is that since we started doing this, I guess we wrote the first grant almost two years ago, um, Jan, who watches everything on... Line and reads and studies all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, has you know, and I've had some too. There are a zillion workshops on intuition. Yeah, as soon as we created this, then everybody I mean, not that those things are related, I'm not that grandiose, but (laughs) uh, but there was a lot. So, I think there are forces at work to.
0: Well, the force of intuition itself is is always at work. And And if you, as an individual, choose to pay attention to it, it's there for you.
1: And I'm not a science fiction person at all Mm -hmm. or a fantasy kind of person. But I think that may be another way that we're going to get more into those realms Uh now so that that I'm not worried that it's going to go away.
0: Yeah. You think that's going to get, it's just going to naturally integrate into the way we use technology and the way we're sort of pushing forward?
1: If we don't destroy the planet first, Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my mama. Uh, Pretty great, right? I think so. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned for part two next week. Hear the rest of the conversation. Um, And if you want to find out about her and what she's up to, um, as she mentioned, she wrote a book. It's called A Crooked Smile. It's a memoir, and it's amazing. It's really a great read. So uh, I recommend that. It's on Sounds True, uh, which is the, that's the publisher. You can get it in audio form or real paper pages type type book. Um, And if you want to go to her website and find links to that and other things, uh, it's terrytate.com. T-E-R-R-I-T-A-T-E dot com. So, thank you all so much for listening to me talk to everybody in my life and people who are coming into my life. Uh this is my favorite thing to do and I want to do it forever. So, um I really hope you come along for at least part of that part of that time. We all have different forevers, but um you know, stick around, it'll be it'll be good. So yeah, if you want to find me, you can email me at email at outspokenpodcast dot com. You can also message me on Instagram, uh, outspoken sorry at outspoken underscore podcast. Um, if for whatever reason I don't, you know, go to your thing and click like, right when you go to mine and click like or follow, whatever the etiquette is for Instagram. I apologize. I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, and I don't have plans to start. Um, I like using it, but I'm not going to freak out about what the rules are. So, um, you know, I love hearing from you, and I will write back if you write to me in any way, shape, or form. So please do. And what was the other thing? Is there another thing? There's always another thing. Hmm. Well... Oh yeah, um, rating. Please, 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 oh please rate the show on whatever platform you listen to if that's something you're able to do there. Uh, I think especially on iTunes, it really helps, or Apple Music, whatever they're calling it these days. If you rate the high, the show, uh, it helps me a lot. It helps other people find me. Um, not me, the show. Don't come find me. That's fucking weird, man. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Hopefully we'll meet someday, you and me, if we haven't already. And if we have, I hope we meet again.
2: I love you. See you next week.